Welcome to Sunglass Podcast, where I know you can't see us, but trust me, we look good. Today we are hosting Chuck Grasley, Richard Burr, Ron Wyden, and Sheldon Whitehouse from the Senate Finance Committee, and we will be discussing everything from the history of finance to the current government shutdown, and how that's affected everything in the committee and the political parties, because boy, you know them Democrats get riled up about everything. But in all seriousness, these are important topics, and this is an important discussion that you at home aren't going to want to miss. So stay woke, because this is Sunglass Podcast, and we'll be back after the break. I am a representative from the NRA, and I'm here to tell you that you should vote for Trump 2020. The economy has never been so good, and he has done so many great things for this country. The wall will fix our immigration problem and keep all those illegal immigrants out of here. Thank you for your time. God bless America. I'm President Trump. The economy has boomed since I've become president. And I approve this message. Welcome back from the break. I'm your host, Adam Bowling, And today we are discussing the Senate Finance Committee here on Sunglass Podcast. To talk about the history of the committee, here is Senator... Chuck Grassley. Thank you for that introduction, Adam. Senate Finance Committee is one of the most important committees in finance as we deal with taxation and other revenue measures. Thank you, Chairman Grassley. We also deal with trade agreements, tariffs, and health programs. That sounds extremely important. Would you like to elaborate about that? Starting all the way back in 1815, The Senate Finance Committee was one of the first committees created as a response to James Madison's messages to Congress. During the Civil War, however, the power they had over tariffs greatly expanded and the committee gained control of regulating the national currency as well. The Finance Committee has also been one of the major reasons to help America out of the Great Depression. During Roosevelt's first 100 days as president, the Finance Committee passed the Economy Bill allowing FDR to slash government spending by 25%. In World War II, the Finance Committee was responsible for generating money to fund the war effort, introducing the Victory Tax in the Revenue Act of 1942. The tax was a 5% tax applied to every American and came in addition to the normal taxes and surtaxes on all Americans with incomes of $624 or more. That's very interesting. What happened with the Senate Finance Committee post-World War II? Well... After World War II, the Senate Finance Committee Chairman Walter George made proposed to shift jurisdiction of the Social Security legislation, aside from tax aspects, to the Committee of Labor and Public Welfare. So you guys are the reason we get taxed for no reason and then blame the president for everything? Pretty much, yeah. The committee's been doing that for most of its history. Anything else relatively interesting about the Senate Finance Committee? Well, since the Senate Finance Committee is the reason the NFL is what it is today, back in 1966, the NFL wanted to merge with the AFL and needed congressional approval. The decision was to be decided by our committee. Other than creating the NFL... The only other major event that happened was in 1969 with major tax reforms, including reducing tax liabilities by 70% for those under... 
3000 a year, whilst also increasing taxes by 7% for those with an income of more than $100,000 a year. How about something modern, like post-1970? What happened with the committee then? Well, in 1970, many observers saw a need to reform the legislative and committee process. Well, I mean, our government is constantly screwed up. I can see why people can be upset. Anyway, congressional authors crafted the Legislative Reorganization Act of 1970 to protect, protect minority rights and shine light on the congressional process. Among these reforms, the committee rules were published. There was television coverage of hearings and public committee roll call votes, just to name a few things. So what were some of these committee rules that you're talking about? Well, uh, there were regular meetings put in replace. Um, there were some called meetings that were required to attend put in place. There were transcripts and reports that we needed to complete. Uh, and then we always had to have an attendance counter to make sure that uh, everyone was there. And then finally, we put in hearings to get more stuff done. That sounds pretty interesting. So it's really just talking about all the hearings and additional meetings that you guys have. Pretty much, yeah. Also, every standing committee was forced to create a subcommittee as well. Until 1973, we only had one subcommittee. The subcommittee on veterans, after the act, we had a total of eight. Finally, one of the last major changes was the creation of the Veteran Affairs Committee. This created new benefit programs for the nation's military personnel, revising disability programs for World War I veterans, and providing education and employment for veterans of World War II and Korea. So it seems like the Senate Finance Committee really has had a big part in our nation's history. Yeah, we are extremely vital to this country's government, and we have been in the past. At the turn of the century, the committee was still the primary focus for leadership among Congress. Along with trade and health issues, uh, shortly after George W. Bush took office, the committee passed the uh, Economic Growth and Tax Reconciliation Act, which was a major tax cut and bill. So who are some of the more influential people in the history of the Senate Finance Committee? Well, one of, the, one of the former chairmen for the Senate Finance Committee was Chairman Harry Byrd, who was a conservative Democrat from Virginia. Because of, because of him, he's been allowed to like pass many bills throughout the United States history during the 60s and the 70s, and he's been a very influential part in keeping America's economy stable throughout history. Another extremely important and influential chairman was Walter George. Um, in 1941, President Roosevelt vetoed a revenue measure that would have decreased taxes. But Walter George was not happy about this. He said that there was such a thing as too much taxes. This allowed Congress to over, override the veto, um, leading to lower taxes for the American people. Those sound like some pretty influential people in the committee's past. Now, I heard you mention something about subcommittees a little on back. Uh, would any of you care to elaborate what subcommittees there are? I, I can elaborate on that. Thank so, you, Sheldon. I am Sheldon Whitehouse. Thank you. Um, some different subcommittees in the uh, Committee of Finance right now are the International Trade, Customs, and Global Competitiveness, Taxation and IRS Oversight, Healthcare, Energy, Natural resources and infrastructure. 
Also, fiscal responsibility and economic growth, social security, pensions, and family family policy. Now, these subcommittees are very important to the committee's health and um, you know overall overall welfare of the committee because these they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of importance. Yeah. And yeah. can DJ, would you like to elaborate on that? Well, the committees have pretty much just been the reason that the Senate Finance Committee can function while each individual section handling something that can specialize. And as a result, the Senate Committee has been able to do faster. Thank you for that information on subcommittees, Ron Wyden and Sheldon Whitehouse. They sound like a super influential part to the committee and how they help along with all the information. Uh, now, Chuck Grasley, would you share to elaborate on how many members there are in the committee and anything else? Well, there are 28 members, uh, 15 Republicans and 13 Democrats. And um, if I must say, the Republicans do the most work, but yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's false. Oh, really? I agree with that I statement, and that is false. That, that has is, been a total lie. That and is completely true. the Democrats true. have been the reason. We helped you out of the Great Depression. We've helped through World War II. We are the reason this country still stands. Yeah, but you aren't doing anything right now. Well, how about? Oh, yeah, well, that's because Trump sucks. Commercial break. We will be we will be right back after station identification and a quick commercial break. Trump twenty twenty. Kamala Harris has just announced that she is running for the presidency in the twenty twenty election. She believes that should, there should be health care for all, and we should tax the wealthy. She believes that we do not need a border wall, and that we should focus on our own American citizens. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. You're listening to Sunglass Podcast, the most politically incorrect podcast you'll find while searching the interweb. Hope you enjoy, and we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming in a couple of seconds. Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Sunglass Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about how the government shutdown has affected the Senate Finance Committee and all of the members. So I'm here with Ron Wyden, Chuck Grassley, Richard Burr, and Sheldon Whitehouse. What do you guys think about the shutdown and its current three-week uplift that was just announced by President Trump? Well, the Democrats haven't allowed our great president, Donald Trump, to receive the minimal funding he needs to provide an adequate border security for our great nation, the grand U.S. of A. Wrong. President Trump hasn't received his funding because of the inhumane treatment the law will cause for the harmless immigrants that join our great nation. They ain't harmless, boy. Oh, yeah? Well, immigration is what makes America the melting pot of the world. Immigrants are the reason for cultural diversity. Not with drugs. They have costed us billions of dollars this year. Let's let let Ron Wyden speak here. Thank you. Immigration has been the reason that America is the way that it is. With diversity increasing and different political views increasing every day. No, they, they're bringing in drugs. They're bringing in dangerous people. They are allowed to immigrate legally. We just do not want the illegal immigrants in this country. There are too many bad hombres in here already. Hey, we hey. don't need more. Chuck, 
Yeah. Let's focus on what the government shut down, the recent one, how it affected your committee in general. Mr. Whitehouse, what is your opinion on how the shutdown has affected our economy? This shutdown, honestly, could have been completely avoided and largely due to Republican Party's obstinance mm. and, for lack of better words, mm. stupidity as well as ignorance. Oh, really? You really? Like you really think that? Anyways, okay. Okay. this shutdown has caused hundreds of thousands of government employees to work without pay. I'm sure if the Democrats, I mean, and the Republicans in the Congress were not getting paid, they would have fixed this shutdown way faster. This, and we've been stuck trying to figure out how to fix this entire mess. It's only a mess because of the economic slowdown as a result of the shutdown. Trade has been down majorly and air control has been slowed as well. Essentially, everyone is expected to perform their job without, while being told that they will eventually get paid. The only mess is Trump's immigration policy, where he pretty much excludes all people that aren't white from entering our nation. <laughs> eventually get paid. That is that's such a broad term. How would, like, why, can't he just, why can't we just fix this entire thing without having conflict? Please. Because the Democrats won't cooperate. Trump won't has cooperate. said yeah. that he will pay back the employees as soon as he can. Well, we've given you the money you want for your border wall, just oh, not really? as much. It's just accept the money we've proposed, and this whole entire thing will stop, and we can stop hurting America. This isn't about us. This is about America here. Well, we need the $5 billion for this wall to go up. That is not enough funding. You have not provided what about, us what about the funding? What about the funding that the House suggested? We made a deal. We made a deal for... What was it? What was it? A, two, a billion dollars. A billion dollars for border Remember security. the Alamo. Remember the Alamo. What the hell does the Alamo have to do with <laughs> this? Hey, hey, you build the wall and crime will fall. Now, now, come on, guys. Let's just, uh... Now, listen here, Chuck. Oh, boy. Yes, princess? <laughs> All right, hey. All right, listen. Listen. Let's be civil about this. You Republicans have been making immature remarks and childish remarks to all of us. But we need to discuss this in a professional and political manner. Now, we have proposed we have proposed a law and a deal that Trump has refused. And that we offered border security, but he's not willing to make a compromise. Now, I understand that you guys want a strong leader as a president, but he needs to be willing to compromise, and that is what he's doing wrong in the White House right now. We need to be able to work as one community and allow diversity to come into this country as that is what made it. And most of the drugs, it is a fact, most of the drugs that is coming through the border have been coming through legal security checkpoints. They're not even being smuggled. They're not even being like uh, digging tunnels and coming in. They're coming through legal checkpoints. Now, if you can do that and upgrade border security with the billion dollars that we gave you, then it would, it would, just, it would be so much more helpful than building an entire giant wall that is pointless. That's, those are some good points there, Sheldon. Uh, would anybody else like to elaborate on what he said? We are. It has already costed us $18 billion this year because of illegal immigrants. $5 billion is not a lot to ask when you compare it to how much the illegal immigrants are costing us right now. Illegal immigrants cost taxpayers on average $11.64 billion per year. Well, you, you tell me how that's good. Well, who works no the low-paid <laughs> labor jobs that no one wants to work in America? Legal immigrants. Legal immigrants. It's still not illegal. immigrants. 
Not okay. only will your border security affect illegal immigrants, it will also hurt the legal immigration policy. Bil- affecting we are completely fine with people. legal immigrants. Building a wall, what is? how is that going to want legal immigrants to even come into do, our country? It provides a physical barrier against the illegal immigrants moving in from... All right, listen. Even though, let's not ignore the fact that there's a wall, all right? We're going to build a wall. Like, even if you don't get the funding. Let's listen. So you accept the fact that you guys say that the immigrants are taking our jobs, correct? Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. When is the last time you've seen a white male doing landscaping or power washing? <laughs> My uncle does landscaping right and he's a white man. On the ride here? On the ride to the pod. Really where? Where'd you see that, sir? In, in my neighbor's lawn. lawn. In a lawn? In my I, neighbor's lawn. See, I feel like you guys are lying because I have not seen a white male doing yard work or landscaping or power washing or anything. Any of these hard labor, well, low-paying jobs. That white Americans, white male Americans. Now, immigrants are, are here to hey, help this country. I'm so sorry, but we have they to pause for a... Uh, this country is meant to be you Listen. Howard Schultz, the former CEO of Starbucks, is now turning to politics. He is your independent candidate for the 2020 election, and he would love your vote. He is, was a leader for Starbucks, and he wants to be the leader of your country. I am Howard Schultz, and I approve this message. Trump's immigration policy is me? crazy. Richard, no, I don't know how you can Sheldon, believe this. Are you serious right now? Hey, hey, hey. Settle down. All right, this is a good podcast with respected viewers and i'm not gonna let my reputation as a host be put on the line because a bunch of little foolery wants to happen on my show now talk about your hearing that I, it was happened january 29th so can you just run down what happened during that meeting maybe like a couple quick facts or what you guys discussed well during this hearing we were talking about uh the price of prescription drugs and how that can affect the american people one big thing is that you need a PhD in economics um, to understand how much your prescription costs, and that should not be the case. Why should that not be the case, Chuck? Because. I guess why, Chuck? We want to know. We're we on your side on this one. We want to know. I believe it starts with putting the list price of a drug on television ads. That's the price. That sounds interesting, Chuck. Because, you know, it allows everybody at home to see what prescriptions should cost and maybe if they can, you know, go to their local drugstore and afford one. It also makes the prescription drugs more widely available to the people that don't know if they can afford them or not. So basically what we're saying is we want the, we want the drugs to be more affordable to the average citizen. And we want more information to be out about the economic side of prescription drugs and the prices of these drugs. So basically to balance the fact that they're more available, we want people to be educated on the drugs so that they don't overuse or become too, become addicted to prescription drugs such as Xanax. Because prescription drugs are pretty much the only major thing about the pharmaceutical companies in America. <laughs> and as a result, it's a main driving force for this economy. It is. And Ron, I think you meant pharmaceutical. <laughs> I said pharmaceutical. Thank you. Sorry. I misspoke. It's okay. <laughs> well, looky there. Something the Democrats and the Republicans can get behind. Pharmaceutical drugs. Who would have known? We'll see you next week on Sunglass Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Bowling. Here with Ron Wyden. 
Richard Burr, Chuck Grasley, Sheldon Whitehouse, signing off. Wait one second, Adam. I would like to sincerely apologize for my actions today on this podcast to Sheldon Whitehouse and Rod Wine. Well, would you look nice at that? Nice you, Richard Burr. I'm glad I was able to cooperate with you. Republicans and, can do something right. Apologize. Mm, really? Mm. Hey, Mr. Grassley, I formally apologize for the mean things I said. I only meant half of them. So I know you're a good person. Wow. I apologize, too, for um, the facts that offended you. And uh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's well, okay. thank you for having us today, Adam. Thank you. Um, hey, it's always we'll be, we'll be more respectful next time, and we appreciate was, you hey, having us on honor. today. Yes, hey, thank it's, you. it's always my pleasure. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Officially signing off.